0: It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to the Locked On Titans Podcast. I am your host, Tyler Roland. Titans fans, the NFL draft has arrived. It is Christmas morning, and I'm sure when you guys are listening to this, we are just a few short hours away from the kickoff of the draft, and a lot of consequences come along with the NFL draft that will set up a team for failure or success for multiple seasons to come, and it is no different for our Tennessee Titans who have the ability to either A, build on the success that they have. They had last season and catapult themselves into a consistent playoff contender or of course could potentially whiff and set back the team and lose some of the momentum that they have already built so we will see exactly what happens as the weekend unfolds but of course tonight is the first round and as I promised you guys on yesterday's show you are going to get a ton of added content and added value for today's holiday. I am going to be bringing you guys a four-segment show. We are going to do an NFL Draft preview for the first round, just overall talking about what picks the Titans could make, where they could look to trade down, where they could look to trade up, so kind of just start off our show with a little bit of an overall NFL Draft first-round Primer, And then we are going to jump into our NFL Draft Preview Series, the final installment where we break down the cornerback position. So we are going to do two segments of cornerbacks, the top group and then some mid to late round options that the Titans could consider as well. And then at the end of our show, I, I mentioned yesterday I would put this at the beginning, but I feel like it would be best to put at the end. So at the end of our show, we are going to do a little bit of a run-through of my, my personal mock draft. I'm going to tell you guys some of the surprise picks that I have, some of the trades that I have, and then of course close out the show by letting you know who I think the Titans will select in the NFL draft based on the way that my mock draft played out. But no, that is not it. You are going to get more added content today. Also with this episode of the Locked on Titans podcast, you should have another episode load up on your feed today that will be my books on tape version of my mock draft. So I'm just going to read you my mock draft pick by pick so you guys have that to listen to as you get ready for the draft as well. I'm sure I will give you guys the highlights in the last segment of this episode, but you may be interested in the total mock draft, so I will have a separate episode for you guys on the feed, like I said, that goes over that. So I hope you guys do enjoy this extra holiday content and all I ask for in return is a subscription. You know, go ahead and subscribe on Apple Podcast, follow on Spotify, Google Play, wherever you are listening to podcasts, wherever you stream, make sure that you subscribe and get this content that I will be pumping out throughout the entire offseason. Also, I will be putting my mock draft pick by pick in a thread on Twitter, so follow me there at Titans as well. So I'm really excited to get into the cornerback position, which will be very important for the Titans, get an overall first-round preview of the NFL draft for you, and then talk about the highlights of my mock draft as well. It is Christmas Day, ladies and gentlemen, we have made it, so let's get it. Titans currently sit at pick 29 in the first round, so obviously there are a lot of different selection, a lot of different moves that will take place before the Titans get the opportunity to make their pick, unless one of the few different options that are on the board takes place, and that's that the Titans would trade up In the draft. Now, this is one of the more unlikely scenarios that could play out. But if the Titans, which they've shown in the past, like the 2018 draft, where they did trade up to select Rashawn Evans and then traded up again in the second round to select Harold Landry. If the Titans feel like they just need a few key pieces and have a few prospects identified that could fill those needs, then they could very well trade up in the draft, use those three seventh round picks, the third round pick, the second round pick, and find a way to get up higher in the draft and get one of the prospects they covet. Maybe if someone like Cavalon Chason starts to fall as an edge rusher, the Titans could look there. One of the top offensive tackle starts to fall if the cornerbacks or wide receivers start going very very fast and some of the mid-level guys at those positions start going faster than expected the titans very well could jump up and make a selection looking at the philadelphia eagles at 21 the patriots at 23 who obviously the titans have a good relationship with the saints would obviously love to to come back as they don't have a ton of needs the vikings have two picks in the 20s they could sacrifice one of those The Seahawks, even at 27, are always looking to fall back. The Dolphins have three first-round picks, so you could see a potential there, but it is not the most likely scenario. It is much more likely that the Titans look to trade down. You have teams like the Chargers, the Broncos, The Colts, the Jets, who could be looking to jump back into the back end of the first round to get whatever they didn't get in the first round. Denver has a ton of picks. The Chargers have a need at offensive tackle and at quarterback. The Colts have a need for a developmental quarterback like a Jordan Love. The Jets have a need at wide receiver and offensive tackle, but only one first round pick and the need for two first round talents, quite frankly. So there are a ton of different options for the Titans to move up or down. If they do not do so, if the Titans sit at 29 and make their pick, it only makes sense that they would look at five different positions. On offense, obviously, offensive tackle, wide receiver, and potentially running back. And then on defense, they'd be looking at edge rushers and cornerbacks. And when you start to look at the prospects that make the most sense... At those positions, you get a good idea of who the Titans could walk away with at the end of the first round. And On the offensive side of the ball at offensive tackle, they could look for a developmental prospect or even a a pro-ready prospect to come in and learn from Dennis Kelly or compete with Dennis Kelly for the starting right tackle position. And if the Titans do go that route, some of the names that could be available at the end of the first round for them are Joshua Jones out of Houston, Austin Jackson out of USC, Ezra Cleveland out of Boise State, and Isaiah Wilson out of Georgia. If the Titans look for a playmaker at the wide receiver position at the back end of the first round, guys that could be available for them there include Denzel Mims from Baylor, Jalen Rager from TCU and Brandon Ayuk out of Arizona State. Possibly T. Higgins out of Clemson, but Higgins looks to be more of a second round pick at this moment in time. If the Titans do go running back, which would be a surprise, but they have talked about the need for a complimentary running back to Derrick Henry that can work on all three downs, you could see DeAndre Swift out of Georgia or Jonathan Taylor. Out of Wisconsin on the defensive side of the ball if the Titans do look for edge rushers, which there aren't as many options that fit in the back end of the first round, they could look for someone like Cavalon Chason, who I mentioned they may have to trade up and get, or an A.J. Espinessa out of Iowa or Yatergros Matos out of Penn State. If the Titans look at the cornerback position in the bottom half of the first round, they will be looking at names like Christian Fulton out of LSU, A.J. Terrell out of Clemson, Trevon Diggs out of Alabama, Jeff Gladney out of TCU, and Jalen Johnson. Out of utah all could be on the board and be in play for the titans late in the first round now Remember at the end of the show I will be telling you guys exactly who I think the titans will be going home with On Thursday night when I break down my personal mock draft release so stick around for that before we get to my pick for the Titans in my mock draft we are going to talk about the cornerback class in this draft it is the last position that we need to break down in our NFL draft preview series so we will jump into that next If you're like me, you probably start thinking about what to eat for dinner while you're eating lunch. I love food, and that's why I love using Postmates, but I kind of love them even more right now because I can get food delivered without even leaving the house or even opening the door. Given what's going on in the world, they created a non-contact delivery system, so now when I order from local restaurants, everything gets left right outside my door. They also have Postmates Pickup, which I've been using to order takeout from my favorite local restaurants. There's a wing place close to me that I order every single Monday. The best wings and boneless wings you could ever imagine. So listen up. You guys need to be supporting your local neighborhood spots right now. It's very important that you order local because it's a great way to support these businesses in a time of need. And Postmates doesn't just deliver burgers and sushi. They actually make life easier by picking up everything you need from like a Walgreens or a Seven or Eleven and just dropping it off outside your door download Postmates on iOS or Android find your favorites and get anything you want delivered within the hour for a limited time Postmates is giving our listeners $100 of free delivery credit for your first seven days. To start your free deliveries, download the app and use code LOCKED ON NFL. That's code LOCKED ON NFL for $100 of free delivery credit for your first seven days when you download the Postmates app. Anything you need, anytime you need it, Postmates. Subscribe or follow today wherever you get your podcasts. Not only have we arrived at the NFL Draft Day, we also have arrived at the end of our NFL Draft preview series the final position for us to talk about is cornerback so let's dive right in in the top prospect and a lot of these positions there is no true consensus as to who the top prospect is, but that is not the case at cornerback. Jeffrey Okuda out of Ohio State, six foot one, 200 pounds. You hear some rumors about people liking C.J. Henderson more than Okuda, but quite frankly, I don't believe that. And I think that's just smokescreen to try to possibly make Okuda fall in the draft. He is very clearly the number one corner. He does everything well that you would want. He's willing to come up and tackle. He can press. He's got good length. He's got good top end speed. He can mirror match and coverage. I mean, what else do I have to say? Jeffrey Okuda is going to go top three in this draft because he's nasty. He's just fantastic. He's everything you could want in a corner prospect. And if for some reason he doesn't go three, he's not going to get out of about the top eight. So Jeffrey Okuda is the best cornerback in this class by far. Next, you have CJ Henderson out of Florida. Very similar measurables here. Two Okuda, six foot one, 202 pounds. Henderson gives you all of the size and length that Okuda gives you. He is excellent in press man coverage, which, based on how much speed has impacted the NFL passing game, Henderson is ideally suited to be a cornerback in the NFL. Now, he doesn't play with very much physicality. He doesn't seem very willing to, you know, help in run support and get there and tackle kind of alligator arms things, and that's something that will have to improve at the NFL level because you can't just not tackle in the NFL like you can in college at the cornerback. Position the next player is AJ Terrell out of Clemson, six foot one, one hundred and ninety pounds. Terrell excels in man coverage, and Clemson went up against some of the best schools in college football during their runs in the playoffs and some of their you know different conference games that they played in the ACC. And Terrell mostly won most of his matchups. But he did go up against Jamar Chase uh, for LSU in the national championship. And he got roasted by Jamar Chase. But Jamar Chase would be the number one wide receiver in this class if he was able to come out early as a sophomore. So I'm not going to hold that against A.J. Terrell. Most of his career he showed, like I said, excellent ability in man coverage. And like I mentioned with Henderson, that's what you need in today's NFL. Now, Terrell... Could stand to get better with his penalties and his his grabbing. He's very handsy down the field and he maybe got away with that in college because of his stature and playing for Clemson and going against lesser competition. But that's not gonna work in the NFL. If he doesn't say disciplined and doesn't bite so and bites as hard as he did in college on some things, he won't be able to recover and won't be able to be as grabby in the NFL. Next we have Christian Fulton out of LSU, six foot. 200 pounds. Fulton is fluid in coverage. I mean, he's got some of the most natural coverage abilities and and hip turn and you know mirroring his wide receiver in their route. He does that more naturally than just about any other cornerback outside of Okuda and Henderson in this class. Now, the issue you're going to run into with Fulton is he doesn't seem like he likes to tackle very much. And like I mentioned, you're going to need to do that at the NFL level and he also needs to make sure that he doesn't take any false steps at times he can get a little too aggressive and like I said he's very good at mirroring his wide receiver and because of that he has high level confidence in that area and that can lead him to maybe get out of position by taking false steps when he thinks he knows what route is coming so he can get beat by double moves here and there and really skilled route runners like uh, we saw Alabama with Jerry Judy. Someone like that can can give Fulton some issues, but I would expect Fulton to go pretty high in this draft because of how natural he looks on the tape. Next, we have Travon Diggs out of Alabama, six foot two. 207 pounds, the biggest cornerback that we have talked about so far, and that size is definitely something that goes to his advantage And NFL teams. Certain NFL teams, it'll fit their scheme very well to have a big corner like Diggs, and he's excellent in zone coverage, so imagine uh, Seattle Seahawks inspired cover three he would fit very well with a team who runs that sort of scheme next we have Jeff Gladney out of TCU a fan favorite for the Titans fan base and Gladney is six foot 183 pounds so one of the smaller guys that we've talked about in this top tier of cornerbacks but because of that size he has incredibly quick feet he also plays with great fight for that size. He's the most competitive and feisty guy out of all the cornerbacks we've talked about so far, and he's the smallest one. So you gotta love that. Gladney has shown the ability to play outside and play inside. He's great at the line of scrimmage, pressing people. Now, he could stand to get better in off-ball coverage when he's not able to reroute and get his hands on wide receivers at the line of scrimmage. He can give them a little bit too much cushion, and he doesn't have great length to make up that cushion you know, and, and make plays on the ball. He can't get there as fast with his arms and his hands, but like I said, he's good in run defense. He can play inside. He can play outside. He's incredibly competitive at the line of scrimmage, and that's probably going to get you drafted in the first round or early in the second round at the minimum for Gladney. Next, we have Jalen Johnson from Utah, six foot, 190 pounds. Johnson has long arms, though, even though he's only six foot, he's incredibly physical, like Gladney, very physical at the line of scrimmage when he's pressing. Now he doesn't have top end long speed. If you would have the ability to beat him on fly routes, and if you got him matched up against some of the speedier options in the NFL, they might be able to run by him and he wouldn't be able to recover based on pressing at the line of scrimmage and then possibly getting beat on the release. But he, you know, like I said, if you give him a good matchup with a physical wide receiver who is not a burner on the outside, then he should have the ability to, to win his matchup more often and not with a little bit more development at the NFL level. He does need to make sure that he stays disciplined. At times, he can get caught looking into the backfield or, you know, breaking on certain routes that are maybe a double move. So he can be a little over aggressive. but you'd rather have someone who's too aggressive than someone who's not aggressive enough. Next, we have Noah Nagani. I just want to take a moment and shout out my pronunciation skills. Uh, Nagani. Uh, I'm one of the only people in the entire draft sphere who I've seen go out of their way to pronounce uh, Okwe Boonham, the tight end, out of Missouri. So I just want to give myself a little bit of credit there for those two pronunciations. But speaking about Igben the player, he's 5'11", 200 pounds, out of Auburn. He has all the athletic tools that you could ever want. speed quickness, agility, leaping ability. He is the prototypical athlete for the position, kind of similar to how Adoree Jackson was viewed coming out of USC. Now, Adoree Jackson was a little bit more developed as an actual cornerback, but a lot of people looked at Adoree Jackson as a track star who's trying to play corner, knowing that you need to develop his cornerback skills to match his athleticism and Igbenaginian is the same way. He has all the athletic traits, track star traits, but he needs to get better at the natural elements of playing cornerback, including his processing skills, his eye discipline, and understanding of route concepts and combinations. So that's all things that a coach would look at and say, he's got all the traits. We just need to teach him the fundamentals and the skills. So that's something that could get uh, Igben Nagini all the way up into the first round. I don't think so. I see him as a second-round pick, but... He has flirted with late first round consideration. Next, we have Damon Arnett from Ohio State. Arnett is six foot, 195 pounds. He's excellent at press coverage. He's also a very willing tackler. The one thing about Damon Arnett is he didn't really show high level traits until later on in his career. You heard rumors that he had issues with certain coaches and the staff there at Ohio State, which is kind of rare coming out of Columbus. So, Arnett had some issues early in his career with the coaches that are something that people will take into account, but he displays all of the traits on film that you would want from a first round cornerback. So he should go very early in the second round. And as we round out the top tier cornerbacks with Arnett, I do want to mention that out of that first group, the guys that the Titans have met with in some way pre-draft include C.J. Henderson, Christian Fulton, Jeff Gladney, and then Damon Arnett, who I just spoke about. So all of those guys have met with the Titans directly, and it makes sense because they would fit their scheme. And Gladney is somebody who really would have The highest odds of being available for the Titans at 29 while also fitting the value of a late first round pick. So that is specifically one person that we need to keep our eye on. And Gladney would make the Titans fan base pretty happy as well it seems. So that is the kind of the first tier of cornerbacks who I could see going in the first 40 to 50 picks. Our next segment we are going to talk and spend a little bit less time, talk more quickly through the next tier of cornerbacks that could get us all the way from the middle of round two, end of round two, all the way down to round six or seven. Let's continue with the second group of cornerbacks, and we are going to start with a guy who some people might say deserves to be in that first group, and that is Cam Dantzler out of Mississippi State, six foot two, one hundred and eighty-five pounds. So one of the taller cornerbacks that we've talked about, but also one of the lighter cornerbacks that we've talked about now is very good at coming downhill so playing off man and driving downhill he does a good job breaking on you know underneath routes and also getting the jump on outside breaking routes. So, like I said, he does a good job being off man and coming downhill. He's not as good in press coverage as some of the other cornerbacks that we've talked about. And the reason for that is he doesn't have a lot of power or physicality because he's so thin. He could definitely use, Dantzler needs to put on some pounds, probably 20 pounds, 15 pounds of muscle at the next level to be able to hang with some of the more physical threats. On the outside, the next guy that we are going to talk about is—I uh, mean, my personal draft crush. I, I absolutely love uh, Jeff Gladney. That's a fact. But the guy who I really love, who the Titans could get in the second or third round, is a Meek Robertson out of Louisiana Tech, five foot nine, a hundred and seventy-two pounds. And the best part is, the Titans, like Dantzler, have actually met with. Ameek Robertson. So we know that the Titans are interested. in one thing that we know John Robinson really loves is ball skills and ball production, interceptions, pass breakups, forced fumbles at the college level. It's something that Kevin Byard was obviously known for in college is his ability to get the ball in his hands. And Robertson is the same way. He just really understands where the ball is going to go. It's instincts at the end of the day with ball skills. At the end of the day, it's just something that certain guys, they can sniff out the ball, they know where it's going, and and they have the ability to get to it. Robertson is also just Incredibly fierce. I've talked about it before when we talked about the wide receivers, but Colin Johnson from Texas is about six foot five, six foot six, and there is video out there of a Meek Robertson destroying him in press coverage at the line of scrimmage, despite being almost a foot smaller or a foot shorter, if we want to be correct. So. Anytime, me, you guys don't know me personally, you haven't seen me personally, I'm not the tallest person in the world, so when I see smaller guys like Robertson really dominating people physically that are much larger than him. It just really gets me going, man. I love watching Robertson play. Like I said, he's got great ball skills. He's fierce. He profiles as just a slot guy. Quite frankly, even even though he's fierce and competitive, he's just not that big. He's 5'9", 172. And at some point in time, you, you no matter how competitive you are, you can't make up for size. So he's going to profile as a slot corner just because of that. But, man, he gives you everything you want in terms of personality from a football player and also has the ability to get the ball what else could you want in the mid rounds at cornerback so before I start crying uh, out of joy for how much I love Robertson uh, we will move on to the next prospect and that is Darnay Holmes out of UCLA 5'10", 192 pounds. He, like Dantzler, is is very good at driving to the ball and off coverage. He plants his foot in the ground and quickly gets upfield to break on wide receivers, but the reason that he's off the ball so much is because he isn't good in press coverage and one issue with playing off the ball and not being good at press coverage is he doesn't have great anticipation skills. He needs to get some more film work done to kind of have a better understanding and create better instincts in terms of what route he is actually going Against. So we are going to move forward into some of the next prospects, but I do want to mention that the last four guys that we talked about Damon Arnett, Cam Dansler, Ameek Robertson, Darnay Holmes all had pre draft interactions with the Titans, and they're all considered to be late second to mid second to uh, late third round options, maybe early fourth round for somebody like Holmes. So keep that in mind that obviously the Titans, if they can't get somebody like a Henderson Fulton or Gladning, who they met with, that are first round prospects, then they'll probably look for somebody out of those four. Next we have Tony Pryde Jr. out of Notre Dame, five foot eleven, 193 pounds, excellent and man press coverage. He doesn't do so well down the field with his ball skills. He just is very physical at the line of scrimmage, but once you get him down the field and he has to actually make plays on the ball, he shows a little bit of a struggle there and obviously being the size that he is at only 5 foot 11, he's limited in terms of length and athleticism, so that will obviously be a problem to continue going forward. We have Michael Ojemudia from Iowa, 6 foot 199 pounds, excellent in zone coverage that they like to run there at Iowa, but he also has great length, so you hope that he would have the ability to play some press coverage and use that length at the next level, but he doesn't do a good job of anticipating routes in man coverage. If you get him in man, he can get beat pretty easily if he has to follow a receiver all over the field, giving him a zone to cover and letting him keep his eyes on the quarterback and keep the receiving threat in front of him is probably his best move. At the next level. After that, we have Trajan Bandy out of Miami, five foot nine, 186 pounds. Very quick guy, good change of direction skills, but at that size, only five foot nine, 186, he is going to profile as a slot corner only, and that's perfectly okay. The importance of slot cornerbacks has gone up quite a bit in the NFL over the last few years, so Bandy does have a future, even if it just means the slot, because he's not very long. He doesn't really have the ability to play outside, but like I said... Being a slot cornerback that can, uh, you know, get you a lot of years in the NFL. Next we have Dane Jackson out of Pittsburgh, six foot, one hundred and eighty pounds. He did meet with the Titans pre-draft. A very aggressive cornerback. He's very physical, but he is aggressive and physical because he doesn't have the athleticism to play any other style. He's got to get his hands on you early. If he just tries to line up and and go one on one off man, he's he's not going to be able to really succeed because he doesn't have the athletic profile needed he is more of a fifth sixth round option and that's basically where we've entered with these prospects next we have Javelon Gidry. Gidry out of Utah five foot nine 188 pounds he like some of the other smaller guys we've mentioned like Bandy like Robertson he's got good change of direction he's quick he can burst he can play slot he's not good in run support though that is something that's different about him than the other guys we've mentioned that were willing to Get into run defense. It's not really something that Gidry has shown that, that he enjoys. So not being able to play the run out of the slot will limit your career at the next level. The next player we will talk about is Assange Bassey out of Wake Forest, five foot nine, hundred and ninety-one pounds. Another one of these small guys, but like Robertson, he shows great ball skills and great instincts. But like Gidry, does not really show the want to. To get involved in run defense and doesn't have great tackling for him. So that's something he would have to improve to extend his career at the next level. The next four guys that we are going to talk about here are all players that should go very late in the draft. We're talking 6th, 7th round prospects that all have their own limitations but could help in, you know, special teams. So you got to keep that in mind when we talk about these prospects. And all four of these guys have had interaction with the Titans. So first we have Kendall Wilder from Georgia Southern, 5'10", 185 pounds. He works best in zone coverage. He's also very aggressive, breaking to the football, but he can be a little over-aggressive and get himself beat on double moves. And he doesn't seem to be the most willing tackler. So if you're going to be drafted this late in the draft, you're going to have to contribute on special teams, which means you're going to have to want to tackle. So something to consider there. Next, we have Miles Bryant from Washington, five foot nine, one hundred and eighty-five pounds. Another one of these smaller guys that profiles as a slot cornerback, best when planting his foot and coming forward, going downhill. Now, being only five foot nine, he doesn't have ideal length to be able to play on the outside. So his Ceiling is limited there, and his potential is limited. Next, we have Keith Washington out of West Virginia, 6'1", 180 pounds. And then we also have Isaiah Rogers out of Massachusetts, 5'10", 170 pounds. Both of these guys profile as very late-round selections who will most likely just be special teams players throughout their career. But both of them did have interactions with the Titans. Quite frankly, they profile more as undrafted priority free agents who the Titans could try to get on the roster to compete in camp so I didn't want to spend too much time talking about those guys because quite frankly they're not even going to be drafted if if things go according to plan things never really go according to plan but it's a pretty good bet that Rodgers and Washington will be UDFA so that covers the cornerback position there are, like wide receiver, there are 50 some cornerbacks that I could talk about to go over everyone who could potentially be drafted but I wanted to focus mostly on guys who I am fan of, guys who make sense in the later rounds for the Titans and guys who the Titans have actually interacted with. So that will wrap up our NFL Draft Preview Series. We have gone position by position throughout the entire NFL Draft and talked about over about a hundred different names more than that probably over 200 different names throughout the draft process so I hope you guys have enjoyed this next we will get into the added value here the added content for you on this holiday and I am going to go over my personal mock draft that will be released on Wednesday night and I will tell you guys some of the highlights the trade up the trade down ultimately who the Titans selected in my mock next Let's dive into my personal mock draft, but right before we jump into the actual picks, I just want to give you guys some background. So whether I've been doing it for fun personally, writing for a publication at the time, whatever, I've been doing my own mock draft for about four seasons now and have seen pretty good success the last two seasons based on... So. Let me do a story within a story here. We got time, right? I host the show. I can do what I want. So if you go to thehuddlereport.com or just Google the huddle report, basically they have different mock drafters. The the big-time mock drafters submit their mock draft to their website, and they grade it. And they have been grading mock drafts since 2003. And you are probably asking yourself right now, well, what is the grading system? It's pretty simple. If you match a player in the first round, like I have... Uh, you know, uh, let's say I have Jeffrey Okuda going in the first round, and Jeffrey Okuda goes in the first round, that's one point. Regardless of what team they go, what pick they are, if you said that that player is going to go in the first round and they go in the first round, that is a point, okay? Because player valuation and what round they're going to go in is a very important part of mock drafts. The second part is, is, of course, the big one. Getting a prospect matched up with a team. So let's say I have Jeffrey Okuda going to the Detroit Lions in the first round, and Okuda eventually goes to a different team. Well, I would still get one point for Jeffrey Okuda. But let's say I have Okuda going to the Detroit Lions, and then the Lions do actually pick Jeffrey Okuda. Well, that is three points right there, because I got a player in the first round that went in the first round, and I also matched them up to the their team. So matching a player to a team is two points. Getting a player in the first round is one point. So each pick has the possibility for three points. In the last two years, I have averaged a, 34 and a half. So I got a 34 one year and a 35 the next year as my score. That would put me in the top 55 mock drafts in the entire world. So there's a couple hundred people who submit their mock draft to the Huddle Report each year. Big names like Evan Silva, the top guys from different publications like Matt Miller from Bleacher Report. All the top guys usually submit their last and final mock draft and then they're graded. So I would be ahead of some of the big names that you guys know so well. So I'm not trying to toot my own horn, but basically I'm just saying I might have a decent handle on how these mock drafts work. So with that in mind, we will get into my 2020 NFL mock draft highlights. So as I mentioned at the beginning of the show, I'm going to have a completely separate episode on the feed today, actually reading you my mock draft highlights pick-by-pick. Pick. But for right now, let's just talk about the highlights and the things that were unexpected. And I will start with the quarterback. So I do have the Dolphins taking Tua. I know that there's been a lot of buzz throughout the entire pre-draft process that, that Herbert is actually their guy. The Dolphins have been tanking for Tua for two years. They've had their eyes on Tua for two years, and I don't think that the medical concerns that have been discussed— are going to scare them away. So I have the Dolphins going with Tua, and then I'm not going to reveal the player, but I have the Los Angeles Chargers not selecting a quarterback. I have them going with a different route than quarterback. So I don't have the Chargers picking up Justin Herbert at the sixth overall selection. I have them declining and going forward. My first trade in my mock draft, is at pick number nine, the Jacksonville Jaguars decide to step away from the number nine selection and give it to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. The Buccaneers are all in with Tom Brady, as we saw with their trade for Rob Gronkowski. The Bucs are going all in. For Tom Brady these next few seasons. So I have them trading up. And getting an offensive tackle. To help protect Brady. In these next few years. The next trade I have. Is at 13. With the San Francisco 49ers. Dropping back to 16, allowing the Atlanta Falcons to come up and do something that it's been really, really obvious that they want to do. And that's get a cornerback. So they move up to 13 with the 49ers pick and select C.J. Henderson. So the Falcons make a move there, another trade. I have the 49ers dropping back to pick 16 but then trading back again with the New England Patriots who come up to pick 16 and select Justin Herbert quarterback out of Oregon the Patriots need a quarterback they stop the slide and how fitting that the 49ers got their franchise quarterback from a trade with the Patriots and now the Patriots get their franchise quarterback in a trade with the 49ers Uh, Belichick has a great relationship with the Shanahan's I think it would grease that trade the 49 ers want to pick up more selections. I don't think that the 49ers are adamant about picking early in the draft. I think they want to drop down. The 49ers only had five picks in the draft before they added the 13th selection in their DeForest Bunkner trade. I think they want to add even more picks just to give them the ability to go up and down the board throughout the later round. So Justin Herbert to the Patriots at 16. I have the next trade. Being the 49ers again, so the 49ers trade down to 23 with the Patriots, but then I have the Baltimore Ravens coming up from 28 to the 23rd spot where the 49ers were, and selecting Kenneth Murray, the line batter like line uh, linebacker. Out of Oklahoma. And the reason that the Ravens do this is because it's been rumored that the New Orleans Saints want to take a linebacker. So the Ravens get in front of the Saints and make sure that they can get Kenneth Murray, who is their obvious pick. The last trade that I have in my mock draft is at Pick 31, the San Francisco 49ers drop down again. So the 49ers ended up with the 28th pick in that trade with Baltimore, so they only need one first-round pick in their mind. They want to trade back and keep collecting assets and collecting picks. So what they do in this scenario is they allow the Chargers to come up from 37 to the 31st overall pick and take Jordan Love, quarterback, out of Utah State at the end of the first round. The Chargers passed on quarterback with the sixth pick and come back into the first round to get their quarterback and get a fifth year on the quarterback that they like. So that is all the trades that I have in my mock draft. Overall, looking at offensive tackles, I have eight offensive tackles going in the first round. Eight. Yes, I know that. It's quite a bit, but uh, after about the ninth or 10th tackle is a huge drop-off in talent and ability. So I think teams will go early and get their offensive tackle and then allow some of the other positions that have more depth in the mid-rounds to kind of take place for them there. So eight offensive tackles. Looking at the wide receiver position, I have... Five wide receivers going in the first round. And some people expect more wide receivers, but I don't. I think some of the back-end options in the first round at wide receiver have each have their own major concerns that would kind of make them – questionable for the first round and I think the depth at the position will cause some teams to say screw it we will go ahead and get a wide receiver later in the draft in the second or third round I have five cornerbacks going in the first round at the end of the day a lot of NFL teams choose to focus On The quarterback position and the trenches so some teams that maybe need cornerback will you know choose to get that offensive tackle and come back later similar with the wide receiver position so that's something that that I find very interesting but yes I have five corners five wide receivers eight offensive tackles and five total trades so a very fun and interesting mock draft but now it is time to get to the titan's pick. So, it's something that we've talked about quite a bit, and there's a lot of smoke coming from the media about what this pick is going to be. Ultimately, I don't like the pick, if I'm honest, but it's going to be Isaiah Wilson, offensive tackle out of Georgia. Like I said, eight offensive tackles go off the board in the first round. The eighth being Isaiah Wilson for the Titans and like I said after those first eight tackles there's really a drop in talent and ability so I think that although Isaiah Wilson and Ezra Cleveland and maybe Austin Jackson some of these guys at the back end as offensive tackles are more second round picks in terms of talent than they are first round picks the need and the value will push them up the board so I have the Titans going with Isaiah Wilson offensive tackle out of Georgia but that is going to do it for today's show. Now that you're done with the actual Thursday edition of the Locked on Titans podcast, I want you guys to check out the other episode that loaded on the feed. And that is my books on tape version of my personal mock draft. So I hope you guys do check that out as well and see how the entire draft Unfolded. Now that you are done with this episode of Locked on Titans, and maybe you have already listened to my mock draft, also tell your smart device to play Locked on NFL Draft. What better day to check out the Locked on NFL Draft podcast than the day of the draft? Get as ready as possible for that, but it has been a great day. A ton of content for you guys. I certainly hope you enjoyed it. The next time that you hear from me, unless you go instantly into my mock draft, the next time you hear a locked on titans podcast an official one it'll be our friday episode talking about who exactly the titans did select in the first round unless they trade back so we will cover all of that on friday's episode excited to get into the results of thursday night's action with you guys but as always i am your host tyler roland and this was locked on titans